coming up on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. It was a night to remember at the Marriott Center. TJ left side, down to 10. TJ pull up three. He oh! got it! He got it! No threes! TJ Haas scores it! As TJ Haas hits another shot of the year for the Cougs. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, good evening, Cougar basketball fans, and welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building for our weekly latest installment of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, where we bring you up close with Cougar hoops from a variety of different angles. It's great to have you with us here tonight. Well, coming up on this evening's show, uh, here's the rundown. We'll re- review a terrific two-week win, two-win week for BYU with wins over Pepperdine and St. Mary's. We'll preview the Portland and San Francisco games. We'll have a deep blue for you on wingman Jake Toulson. We'll be visiting with coaches Nick Robinson and Cody Figure in studio. And we'll be asking the ever-popular weekly question, what happened? And we do it all alongside the head coach, the Cougars. Please welcome in Mark Pope. I'm feeling the pressure right now because we usually don't do the walk-in, so I have like an extra 20 seconds to talk, and so I'm not going to say anything. Go. No, what a group, right? I get crushed every time I come on this show. Jerem's like, you have to talk less. <laughs> I want you to talk more. I like you talking as much as you want to talk about. Is it a good group or not, this crowd here tonight? It's awesome. You guys, thank you for being here. Yeah. It's a big deal. And... For all of you that came out to the St. Mary's game, thank you so much for being there because, because the Marriott Center was spectacular, as it is every night, but, man, it had some extra juice. And I'm telling you, it makes all the difference in the world. Uh, we believe from the bottom of our heart and the culture of our program that we have to win at home. Winning at home is so important. And the fact that you all came and were noisy and loud, and at one point I look up at a, and, and one of the St. Mary's players is shooting a free throw, and behind the backboard you see this, like, black striped canvas going back and forth between the tunnel. It was genius. <laughs> they were 5-for-9 from the free throw line in the second half? Yeah, perfect in the first half, and then, uh, yeah, in the second That's half. a win. We only won by two points. You guys earned us four, so thank you. Thank you so much. Tremendous uh, two-game set last week. We had a lot to celebrate. Uh, big wins, uh, a baby coming into the family. Uh, you guys probably had a little party, football party at your house on the weekend, too. Lots going on. It was, it was, it was, it was a great week. It was a great week, and uh, I couldn't be more proud of the guys. And um, they continue to keep themselves in a place that, where they uh, have a great opportunity to accomplish really special things this year by trying to get better every day. And they're doing that. They're embracing it. And, and so, you know, here we are. You know, I know we're going to review last week. We've already moved way past that, and we're focused on trying to get a win Thursday. By the way, you guys had three weekend splits in the three weeks leading up to this past week. Those two win weekends are pretty big, right? They're big. They're big. It makes, the, it makes uh, Sunday way more comfortable going to church. And, <laughs> and uh, so it's really big. All right, let's do, take a little bit of a look back at this past week. Uh, these stats and highs presented by... Intermountain Healthcare. And we'll start with the BYU and Pepperdine. And uh, this course came just uh, days after the passing of Kobe and, and uh, The Rock. And all the fans did a nice uh, job of honoring him. A 24-second moment of silence before the game would get underway. And when this game got underway, one of the early storylines was uh, Pepperdine's Colby Ross picking up two quick fouls, Coach. Yeah, he's such a talented player. I mean, he's really a special player. And they came out really aggressive, and, and we were fortunate to draw a couple fouls on him, and it, it helped us a lot. 
It was going to be a big night for Jake Toulson. We'll get to what he finished with in a bit, but the early three and then a great uh, pass down floor to Connor Harding. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's he, he, like you, has a big time arm. So he, he's, uh, he's, he's had a couple of those uh, almost one every game in transition. He's passing the ball so well, which is extraordinary. Um, and of course, he's scoring it like crazy at a clip that, that we haven't seen in a long time. It was a 14 point first half uh, for Jake Toulson. Connor Harding, this Getting Connor Harding, it. man. I can't talk about how big he was this whole weekend. He was really special. BYU had eight threes made in the first half, and the Cougars were up eight at the break. Into the uh, second half, TJ Haas. He makes was, it so hard to deny him the ball back. You deny him the ball back, he's going to punish you every time. It's, it's remarkable. Fourth foul for Colby Ross. He'd have to sit again. Dalton Nixon hammers it home. BYU starting to cruise a little bit at this point. It's a good it's a good Pepperdine team too from uh, which you're pulling away and then Jake feeling it with a step back three. Yeah, uh, I mean the, the the performance he's putting on from the perimeter is is just extraordinary and he's taking hard shots, right? But they're all in shots that in the rhythm that he wants. I mean, uh, you know what he did at Pacific a week ago and what he did at Pepperdine uh, with Pepperdine at home last week is just incredible. He ends up with 25 points including 7 for 10 from 3. So uh, 25 for Jake, we see 21 for Yo. And, uh, and Yo just was kind of getting back into things as well. As the only child, he's like a 25 and 10 guy. You finish the game, you're like, ah, I don't know how much impact he had. And he's, he finished the game 10 for 15, uh, shoots unbelievable from the floor and, and, and dominates the glass. He's just a special, special player. This Pepperdine team had your full attention coming in. Obviously, most every team will. It's, it's, it's league play. But, uh, man, they, 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 they've given some really good teams uh, some tough games. Could have beaten Arizona. Uh, Could have beaten Gonzaga. You could argue you might have had USC. It's a good team. They're really, really good, and they're really capable of scoring. And they play five players on the floor at all times, almost all times, that are all really shooting well from the three. They're four and five are shooting 40% from the three-point line in, in league. So it keeps the floor really spaced. And this, this Kobe Ross is a, is a really, really remarkably special player. You know, we, we, we played a great game, and they still put up 80 points. They're a really talented Pone offensive team, and I suspect that they're going to cause people problems the second half of the second half of the regular season. And BYU will actually end its uh, regular season uh, in Malibu. So there's a lot to be done between now and then, but that'll be who you finish with yeah. uh, before you go to Vegas. Yep. All right, uh, Thursday's win over the waves preceded Saturday's showdown with St. Mary's. Uh, BYU looking to make it back-to-back wins over the Gales in the Marriott Center, where BYU came in on a nine-game win streak. Good start for the Cougs. Uh, TJ Haas puts you up 7 yeah, uh, I mean, you just feel the energy in the gym. When you walk in, I think TJ mentioned this, when you walk in to warm up as a team an hour before the game and the, the rock is full, it's, it's really special. This was not a special moment. This was uh, Jake Toulson going down, putting no weight on the uh, leg or foot going off the floor. He would return, and while he was gone, BYU kept things uh, pretty level. You know, it's, it's how this team has been all, all year long. Uh, guys answer the bell. And then when Jake ran back into that huddle, we were actually in a, in a timeout. And Jake runs back straight in the huddle and starts yelling at the guys, we're here to win. We're going to win this game. It was, a, it was a beautiful Rocky-esque moment. It was awesome. BYU led by three at the break, and then Malik Fitz got going in the second half. Man, he's talented. Ooh, he's talented. Uh, he can score at all three levels. He's really, really physical. He's incredibly explosive, and he's pretty crafty off the bounce. He really put on a show in the Marriott Center. One of the biggest sequences of the game saw the Gales maybe going up eight, turns into a four-point game on the block, turning into a runout. Go figure. All the extraordinary things Jake Toulson does in his two biggest plays of this game were two blocks. blocks. Unbelievable. Yes. And we'll see more of the uh, Taiha, uh, the TJ Haas okey-doke a little later. But uh, BYU certainly clamping down 
late in this game, helping BYU, which would to it be a remarkable win. But this thing wasn't quite done. We saw the Gales go up eight, more or less late here in the Marriott Center. Yeah, I mean, you know, they just, uh, they're relentless, and they're the second-best three-point shooting team in America, and, and uh, they're a quality, tough, tough team. And it was a battle all night long, and there was a moment there where it looked like things might slip away from us. Cougars weren't going away. Connor Harding, big steal on, on Fitz. And Fitz was now dealing with some foul trouble. And then TJ ties the game with a patented elbow jumper. Connor Harding changed the entire complexion of the game in that, like, uh, the eight-minute mark. He changed everything for us, got us right back in it. Fitz did foul out, leaves with 29. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a big-time play by Tej. You know, Tej... Uh, TJ has done that throughout his career, and you know to get his fifth there, it was a, that was a real blow for St. Mary's, of course. All right, final segment down one, and this is what you run. Yeah, so it's it's just a pitch wildcat. There's nothing special about it. We, you know, we probably went to it four times in our last ten possessions. We really felt comfortable. TJ was in a groove getting downhill, and he just made the call. Saw a defender go under and, um, and, and, and is confident enough to go bang that shot. That was just an epic shot. One play to defend. The teardrop doesn't go. The ball is loose. Then the shot is blocked. Zach finishes it up, and you've got a massive two-point win. Were you guys like me? When you saw Jordan Ford reject that ball screen and get down in the middle lane, I felt like <laughs> time stopped. <laughs> and then Yoli Childs just rose up out of nowhere, and Zach, of course, makes a game-saving block there. And Then it was time to get the suit wet. <laughs> yes. We are the dry cleaners. I know. are loving us. I know. The dry cleaner bill is, uh, is going sky high this season for good reason. So those are the final numbers from BYU and St. Mary's. The, the two-point win uh, for the Cougs after the uh, the overtime setback in Moraga. Cougars get one back and have the season split against St. Mary's. And both the Gales and the Cougs, as we're going to see, end up tied for second place in the uh, West Coast Conference right now. But, uh, man, I... You're going to need every game, right? That's the attitude you go in. But it just felt like this was kind of a must-have in so many ways for you, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, I think that feeling is really familiar to our guys because that really genuinely is. I mean, to, to, to you know, uh, today we had a, a film session that was pretty tough, and and you know, we went right at each other about how important this game is Thursday, and it's every single game, and. That's what successful teams do. Is every single game is the biggest game that we've ever played, and there's going to be a game somewhere down the stretch that everyone in the world is going to think is the biggest game we played all season long, and it's going to feel the same to us as the, as the 31 games that we already played because that's how we prepare, and our guys have really invested that way, and, and, and so far we've been really successful at it. The, the question is, can we do it again Thursday? Can we come make that the toughest, biggest game we played? Well, back to the end of St. Mary's. It was really storybook stuff. You get the senior hitting the game winner, and then you have him and his wife heading to the hospital like right after to get ready to have a baby the next day. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, and you think, about, um, uh, you know, think about the longest consecutive starter in the history of BYU basketball. And so that definitely entails everything that TJ has gone through, good and bad in his career. And then his senior season now is mounting into a bunch of moments like this. Mm-hmm. So he makes that shot. We're all like, he's having a baby. <laughs> and then he rolls straight out to the hospital with BYU TV in tow to the hospital <laughs> to deliver his first son, who was born healthy and incredibly beautiful. Um, and and uh, we, the team went, and here was the deal. Uh, TJ, was, TJ knows how grimy we all are, and so... He was cautious about letting us walk in there and see his beautiful newborn son. But uh, we had a bunch of guys masked up and everybody like <laughs> detoxified their hands. And he gave us three minutes in the room just to take that picture when we were out. <laughs> but it is, it is storybook stuff. And, 
when you put your heart and soul into this game, when you give it everything you have and give everything you have to your team, you get storybook stuff back. And we've talked about that all season long with these players. And they're getting it back. And hopefully all of us are enjoying watching it happen because it's really spectacular what these guys are doing. So that win uh, puts you at 6-3 and three in league and uh, keeps you right there with the Gales behind the Zags. Uh, whether or not you know, the Zags are going to give enough games back in this thing, that's debatable. But uh, that two-seed is in play. And uh, the two-seed means something, right? You get a bye to Monday night. It's one less game to have to get through in Las Vegas. And right now, you and St. St. Mary's are in a good spot uh, for that spot behind the Zags. Of course, everyone wants to win the league. But, yeah. man, the Zags have a three-game lead with, uh, with seven to play. Yeah, this six-team six grouping is a mess, right? From, from three to, you know, it's all the way down to, to Pepperdine. It's, you know, any, any of those six teams could raise up and kind of jump and grab this two seed. And it's going to be fireworks for the second half of this conference season. And, and uh, we, have to, we have to continue to get better every day and play great basketball. Lots of ball left to play, but uh, Selection Sunday is uh, well, it's only six weeks away, really. I mean, it'll be here before you know it, and Vegas will be here before you know it. Uh, seven games remain in the conference slate right now, and uh, you, you have three at home, you have four on the road, you've got a back-to-back road week next week, and this week you have another one of those, sometimes, some would say tough splits where you travel for the first one and come back for the second. Yeah, two tough teams. Um, Portland has been really formidable at home. I mean, they beat San Francisco at their place, and, and they had the Zags down seven at halftime at their place, and uh, they've fallen short in a series of games recently, but they're just a dangerous, dangerous team, and they're really dangerous at home. One of the things that's so hard for players and fans to understand is that you know we beat Portland by 25, give or take, here, and, and we just assume the game is going to feel like that up there, and it's not. It's going to be a battle to the very last second, and that's how the league is. And, and the great thing that we have is we have a veteran group that understands how it works, and so I think we'll be focused and prepared to go in there and, and, and battle with every bit of heart and soul that we have and try and come up with a win. Let's do our weekly uh, resume check right now for the Cougs. Uh, brackets are a thing at this point, and uh, the net's something you check every day, and the numbers are good. The profile is very, very solid right now. The strength of schedule is certainly helpful. The non-conference strength of schedule, which doesn't show there, is actually 13. The way the net tracks, that's a great number as well. And uh, you moved up a couple seed spots, and those who project the brackets, again, you're where you want to be. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, I, I can't overstate it. What these young men have accomplished with an incredibly dynamic roster and a, and a new head coach that's young and inexperienced and doesn't have any idea what he's doing is really remarkable. <laughs> and... and um, and uh, and it, and it's it's fun that we all get to share this together. Like uh, you know, I hope that all you guys here and everybody watching is 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 uh, living and dying with with every moment of this season too. Because um, the the disappointments that we have in little moments just make the the great moments like this weekend that much sweeter. And we all take this ride together and and uh, we share it together and we get to rep- represent this university together. And hopefully, we'll do it and get where we want to go. A quick personnel note, uh, the later the season gets, the closer we get to March, the more we wonder if uh, Gavin Baxter might somehow be a part of the madness. How close is he to being into a point where he can actually consider, well, let's play this year? I don't know. Uh, You know, I can give you some updates on Gavin. So Gavin, for the first time yesterday, did full speed, full footwork. And then today we put a red jersey on him and actually uh, went through some contact in practice. We put the red jersey on him so Rich Harwood would not hurt him because <laughs> Rich hurt, hurts everybody because he's so strong and so physical. And, uh, but Gav was actually in some live play today and, and looked pretty good. Um, you know, this healing process is complicated because, um, 
you know, he's healed now to a point where we can start to consider him taking some soft contact, and it's just a matter of how quickly he regains complete full strength uh, to where he can support not just his shoulder but the rest of his body after sitting for four months. So we got to proceed cautiously. He's such an extraordinary talent, um, but I think all the guys were happy to see him on the court uh, today for, for limited practice. And it's more than a hypothetical, I guess, but people who say, well, man, if he played, wouldn't he lose a year? Well, technically he would, right, even if he plays just a few games. He would. Uh, we've talked about this a lot. Uh, we, we've talked about it a lot, over, especially over the last s- several weeks, and Gavin – uh, you know, is is pretty adamant that um, he loves this team so much and he's so excited to compete with this group of guys that if he can get healthy and get to a point where he can help this team, I think he really wants to do it. And and so we'll continue to have conversations and, and see where it goes. But that's 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 how he's feeling right now. And, and, and so we'll just play it by ear. It'll be great if you got to that point, right, where it would actually be a legitimate question to, to really address. It would be great. We would be excited about that, wouldn't we? It'd be awesome. You know who would be excited about that? So dunk on cancer would be excited about that because for every dunk this season, there's $3,000 donated to the Simmons Center for Cancer Research here on BYU's campus. This Gavin Baxter might, him up. He might yeah. double up our dunks for the season in like five <laughs> games. So, so we're, we're crossing our fingers that yeah. the right thing happens, and right now we're just proceeding cautiously. Got it. All right. Hey, BYU football fans, be sure to tune in tomorrow at noon Eastern for football signing day coverage on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, we'll look ahead to the two-game week on tap as BYU Basketball with Mark Pope continues. Stay with us. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And by Intermountain Healthcare, healing for life. All right, here's the broadcast schedule for this week. It starts on Thursday with BYU at Portland at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific on Stadium and BYU Radio. Then the Cougs travel back to Provo for the Dons of San Francisco on Saturday, 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. That'll be BYU TV and BYU Radio. Well, the next time you see the Cougs play in person, pay keen attention to the team intros. They're not as simply done as in days of yore. Here now, the painstaking preparation and individual details that go into just getting on the floor as we go inside BYU Hoops. So the pregame handshakes, uh, I think that's really Evan's job. I don't know how he applied for that job or what you do to get that job. I mean, we, we talk about it beforehand, you know, would this be a good idea, would this work and stuff like that. Just based on real-life situations, what we think is funny or meaningful, that uh, we, we keep that going. I think that Jake has the best pregame handshake. Um, if you notice, when he gets his name called, he goes like this and bumps everybody and then gives Evan Troy a big handshake. Uh, I think it's hilarious. We just added one to to Evan and AB's, which is AB goes through, he Euro steps, and then he turns around and punches Evan in the throat. Because uh, when we were playing Nevada, AB got a little excited and punched the dude in the throat. So that's that's one that I really like. I think the best handshake right now on the team is probably TJ's and Evan's. They have a pretty funny one. Uh, nobody understands it. We were on the road last year, and we we found this Xbox game that we played for a little bit, 
and it's called Hello Neighbor. And so we, you know, we incorporated something from the villain of that guy um, from that game and put it into our handshake, and we, we've done it ever since. How much have you or do you notice that stuff? No, no, I, I try and ignore <laughs> all of that. But I'm telling you, you see these guys, and, like, that's literally what we do. Like, we're on the road, and they'll sit around and be like, okay, what are we going to do for a handshake? <laughs> and the fact that Tej and Evan are playing at some game called Hello Neighbor, I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> these guys love each other, and, they, and they're, they're fully invested in each other. And, and, and when you do that, all of us have experienced that, that with a close-knit team or family where all of a sudden you have all this byproduct stuff that's pretty special. When you were back at UK, let's say, at Rupp Arena, were, were handshakes a big deal back then? Um, no, but we did have uh, we did have our own signature kind of uh, pregame huddle song that we did before we ran out, and um, it's it's part of being a team. Do you remember the song? Yeah, so I can I can do it right now. Let's do it for Big Blue Nation, which which is Kentucky. So we would get in a huddle and we start rocking back and forth, and we're. Tell me who's in the house tonight. UK, tell me who's in. And we'd do it, and we'd run out of the floor that way, and it was the whole deal. It was just our thing. I like it. Does it translate to BYU? If you pitch it to the guys, you think they'd buy it? No, no, it, it, has, to be, it has to be created by the team. Like, everything great that happens in a program comes from the team, and, and all this stuff comes from them. It's their creation, and they own it. All right, to the week ahead for BYU Hoops. Uh, the two-game set starts in the Pacific Northwest. The Cougs will leave town tomorrow. They'll be at the Child Center in Portland on Thursday night. Cougs clashing with the Pilots, a second game of the two-game set. And as you mentioned a moment ago, Coach Pope uh, got after him pretty good at your place. It's a good team. Uh, they're really dangerous. They can really shoot the ball. Um, at some point, they were in the top 50 three-point shooting percentage teams in the country. Uh, they're one, two, and three, or, and four now, starting 24, are really, really explosive shooting from the three-point line. Uh, this little uh, uh, point guard of theirs, number Adams, zero, Chase yeah, Adams. He, uh, he is a jet. He's hard to contain. He makes plays for the guys. Uh, their bigs, uh, you know, their starting center is, I think, now the 69th uh, highest percentage offensive rebounding player in the country. So they, they hurt you on the glass. And so there's a lot of challenges we have ahead of us. They do start tall up front. Uh, they're, they're a team that uh, is in a bit of a, a rough spot right now, right? They've lost seven in a row. In fact, you started them on the seven-game losing streak. They were playing well coming into your place. They had taken Gonzaga, uh, had a halftime lead on them, as you said. Uh, they had just beaten USF, yep. and they haven't won since. Yep, and they've had some injuries, some guys in and out. A lot out. of injuries. Uh, 20 didn't play when he was at our gym, and he's a great shooter, and he's back in the rotation now. I'm not sure if Coach's son, one who played really well, I think he had 16 against us here. I'm not sure if he's back. He hurt himself. He got hurt. He missed the last, last three games week. Malcolm yeah. has, yeah. So, you know, I only know numbers. I, don't I know. know his name. And 20's uh, Ferenson, yes, Tecula Ferenson. Very there you good. Go. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. Every single game is a challenge, and, it, and certainly it is going to be there. You know, I was, I was hearing as assistant coach when we went up to Portland, and Bobby Sharp just lost his mind and made the most incredibly difficult shots in his entire career. I think he quadrupled his all-time scoring average and, and uh, never did it before and never did it in the year and a half following. And so those kind of things you have to go steeled for and prepared for to have answers for things when they go crazy. In the future, if you're going to mention his name, just warn me ahead of time. It's a traumatic, that, it, right? it hurts when it, yeah, you say that. Yeah. Uh, that's what makes league play great is that every single night – I was just reading um, – uh, who was it that uh, uh, so, somebody, uh, Baylor, their one loss is to the worst team in the Pac-12, to the last place team in the Pac-12, Washington. That's Baylor's only loss this year. 
And so the longer you've been around this game, the more you understand that every single game is just so challenging and, and good teams face it that way. Okay, Portland Thursday. You head home immediately after the game Thursday night and get set for San Francisco. And uh, this scout is still pretty fresh, it feels to me. I mean, you just played him a, a short time ago. Yeah, it's not going to be. We're not going to have to do a lot of refreshing because we did a lot of pregame scouting and we did a lot of postgame wrap up. You know, with what happened there. And this is a really, really talented team, and they're postured themselves. They're in a good position to try and compete uh, to, to to be at the top of this league right now. And. Um, and they, they, they put a number on us in the last 15 minutes of this game that we have to, you know, a riddle we have to figure out. And they almost beat Gonzaga on the weekend. They're really good. Had a lead in the final minute. It's a tough gym to play in, and, and uh, the Zags were without Tillian Killey, which is, he's a key player for them, but this San Francisco team is clearly really dangerous. They beat us, right? They beat us three times in a row. And um, so we got our work cut out for, for us this weekend. So it's first things first, and that's Portland, but when you get to a team that has beaten you three times in a row on the weekend, does that is that something that resonates with the guys? I'm sure it will. Uh, you know, we always do the same thing. We always do uh, Sunday night a little bit of conversation with the staff about both teams we play that week. Monday morning, a staff meeting in person about both teams, and then Monday uh, before practice, we shut it down and we're 100% Portland. So I don't really know that. I have, I'm not thinking that much about San Francisco. That'll happen immediately after we finish the game Thursday night, and we'll we'll start hitting San Francisco really hard. Whether or not the Dons end up being the fourth best team in this league, they are part of that mishmash right now. Those, all those, the, the top three are getting a lot of national respect right now. People are looking at the WCC and have for a few weeks now as a three-bid league. What does that matter and what does it mean to you to have that national platform right now? Well, it's, it's really important. Uh, it's, um, I think it's important for our league because our league is a really, it's a really good league. We have five teams in the top 100 right now, and, um, and that's a competitive league. And, and, and our, our overall league record wins and losses is pretty remarkable from the non-conference. And, uh, uh, you know, we had a remarkable non-conference run, and I think we were, you know, fifth or sixth place in terms of wins and losses in our league. Um, to start the, the, the season. So um, all of it matters. Uh, you know, the pendulum has swung really, really far. Joe Lenardi came and met with all the WCC coaches um, uh, this spring, just after I'd taken the job. And, and in the last two years, there have only been two teams not in the top eight ranked teams, uh, conferences in the country, that it had at large bids. Mm. And so, and that's, that was, the pendulum swung really, really far. Now, I think we are eight right We're now, right but the now, WCC yeah, was yeah. not included in that list. And, and so I'm hoping some more uh, uh, really, really solid winning teams um, from, from non-Power 5 conferences get a, get a swing at being selected in the, in the NCAA co- uh, tournament because those teams win. Winning teams win. It's what they do. And, and uh, so I'm a huge advocate for these teams in the WCC to have a chance. It's been a good year for the league, no doubt. Uh, programming note, folks. Uh, second-ranked BYU men's volleyball hosting seventh-ranked UCLA. That'll be Thursday night at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Then Saturday, it'll be eighth-ranked Pepperdine. That'll be a 7 Eastern game, 4 o'clock Pacific on BYU TV. Did you know you can have your groceries waiting to be picked up or better yet dropped off at your front door? It's all done online at smithsfoodanddrug.com or on their app on your phone. Download the Smiths app and save time shop online. After the break, we go inside the numbers and bring you a brand new Deep Blue as we feature Jake Toulson. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. And by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. 
Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen, taking a look at our Cougars in the pros. Here are a few of them. Eric Mika gets back to the league and makes his NBA How great debut. Is that? Let's go, Eric Mika. He was going, in fact, he scored his first points over Anthony Davis. So he ends up with 6.7 rebounds in that went over the Lakers on the weekend, played 19. Uh, Jimmer and Brandon Davies also with their numbers. And uh, this news, Tyler Hawes has signed just this week to play for the remainder of the season with uh, Redabet Bilbao, and that's, uh, that's in Spain. That's the top league in Spain, too. First division team, and he actually walked into the office. I walked in the office like 7.15 yesterday morning, and Ty was there waiting for me, and he was just like, we got to talk. And um, I think he has so much basketball left in him, and I think he does, and so I'm so excited for him to go out and take on this new challenge. We saw him. He's been at the games recently. He's been uh, in the building quite a bit. All right, time now for us to go inside the numbers presented by Mountain America Credit Union. And tonight we look at a shooting streak, the likes of which we haven't seen in almost 30 years. Yes, BYU has shot 50% or better from the field in seven straight games. Coach, that's the longest streak since 1991-92 when they also had a seven-game streak. Yeah, I mean, I've said this a million times and I'll keep saying it. These guys have committed to work really hard to get each other great shots, not to settle for hard shots. And and that doesn't guarantee we're going to shoot 50% another time all season long, but it certainly puts us in the best position to make shots. And the guys believe in each other and trust each other. And um, hopefully our defense is coming along where we're going to win games even when we don't shoot it that well. I mean, the all-time record for 50% games is nine, nine straight games back in 1988-89. That's uh, around the bend. All right, uh, years ago, uh, Coach Pope helped bring Jake Toulson to BYU. Over time, both ended up up the road. Then Mark Pope helped bring Jake back to BYU to conclude his playing career. It's been quite the basketball journey for Jake, and we learn more about it tonight as we go Deep Blue. Jake has had a unique journey during his college career. He arrived at BYU earlier than we all expected. So his first time around at BYU, it was kind of hard because he had just not gone on his mission, which he had been planning on and prepared for so long. And so that year was really hard for him, just like facing all the shame and guilt that he had. I wasn't necessarily ready for what I was getting myself into. Those were the times where I, I had to dig deep and I had to, to really decide what I wanted for myself. And as much as he loved basketball, he knew that he had to take a step back and get healthy in all areas of his life in order for him to move forward. I was carrying so much weight from things that had happened in my life and, and I needed to hit refresh and, and start clean. Sarah's support pushed me to be the best that I can. There was a time when, when I thought I wouldn't play basketball ever again. I, I didn't know, you know where or how or if I was good enough. She really encouraged me to follow my dream because she knew that's what I loved. There's a lot of young women at the time, in my opinion, who would have cut and run. And she has been his rock throughout this whole journey. We'll love her forever for that. A lot of times when you think too much, get in your head, it's just, it makes things harder. So I feel like in that way, I've been able to support him and just help him relax and just have fun with this because in the end, what is it if you didn't have fun, you know? He didn't know what the future held for him. As it turned out, it wasn't here at BYU. 
and I decided to, to follow Coach Pope and, and go to UVU, play basketball. It's been kind of a, a crazy journey for me, but I'm grateful for it. And under Coach Pope's leadership, Jake really found himself as a player. And ever since, he's continued to just grow and develop, not just on the court, but we're so proud of who he is as a husband and as a father. And now he's come full circle to fulfill a dream that he had as a young boy. I don't know if I've ever seen a player grow more as a human being and as a basketball player in their college career than Jake Toulson. It's been astonishing and breathtaking and moving and inspiring what he's worked to become. Toulson up for three. 14 now for Jake. He's hitting 44%. He's become a great All-American basketball player. And what he's accomplished on the court pales in comparison to the human being that he's grown into. It's, it's been really special to be with him. Looking back now, I'm grateful for those experiences because they helped shape me into the person that I am and taught me a lot about life. When you're faced with adversity, you have a choice. You know, you could give into it and you could say, poor me, why is this happening to me? Or you can step up and you can say, you know what? I never thought this was going to happen, but I'm, I'm going to, to make something of it. And I'm, I'm going to do the best that I can. And I'm going I'm to put my faith in, in Heavenly Father and, he, and he's going to direct me. And that's what I've tried to do. As Jake's college career comes to an end, it's been a time of reflection for me of, uh, of the journey. It's a great testament to faith and diligence and commitment. And those are the attributes that he's portrayed. Jake is one of those guys that he's not just a talker. He's going to put the work in. When he gets a look in his eye, you know he's going to make every shot, make every play. He's able to score at all three levels. He's one of the most efficient offensive players in all of college basketball. And defensively, he rarely shows up on our radar for defensive issues. He's become a great defensive ball screen. He's great in transition defense. He's rebounding the ball better and better every single day. He is an All-American, and it's not easy to get there. And to do it, you have to be a big-time player. He doesn't do anything halfway, you know? Like, he goes all in or not at all. Jake's one of those guys that off the floor, easygoing, loves talking about the NBA, loves talking about his kids, really cares, wants to get to know you. You know, he's a guy that his back's hurting him and he's going to go help his neighbor move. You know, he's just an unbelievable kid that way. Regardless of how the rest of the season goes and regardless of if he has a, a career after college, it doesn't matter because he has become a wonderful husband, a wonderful father, wonderful friend. We're so proud of him and Sarah and the family that they have. He's somebody you've been with for a while, hasn't yeah. he? Well, I'm going to tell you. So <laughs> you watch that. It's true. Like that whole thing is really true. Um, and it, it is, it's so humbling, like for all of us to get to be witness to him just become this extraordinary human being coming from a place that was really, really hard. And, and now he's out there doing things in the locker room and, and in his personal life and, and on the court that we all just think it's, it's astonishing. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. I mean, it's the best, it is the best possible thing you can have in sport. And uh, he's an extraordinary representative of this university. Speaking of extraordinary, how did he play 36 minutes 
on that ankle Saturday night? Well, I mean, you, you can take a, a million microcosms of who he is, but I'm telling you, six years ago, if he goes down like that, he's not running out of that locker room. And if he runs out of that locker room, the most important thing to him is not Sorry. Man, come on. It's not running into the... It's not running to the huddle to let his guys know that he's back for them, right? And, like, he's just become this, this really extraordinary person that you, you respect and you look up to and is a great leader, and he's sharing that with all of us. And that's awesome. It's so fun. All right. Let's head to break. Abby Miner and the 16th-ranked gymnastics team hosting Sacramento State this Friday at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. And coming up next, we'll visit with Assistant coaches Cody Feger and Nick Robinson. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Stay with us. You know, Coach Pope does a heck of a job with the Cougs, but he does not do it alone. We've already visited with Chris Burgess on the show, and tonight we meet the other two full-time assistant coaches. Please welcome... Cody Feger and Nick Robinson. Thanks for coming in, guys. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And we, uh, we've got a great crowd on hand, and uh, it's been a good vibe here tonight. Really fun show, and I'm glad you're a part of it. So uh, let's start right with you, Coach. Uh, we had Coach Burgess in here a few weeks ago, and, and much like him, you, once upon a time, were probably on BYU's wish list. Is that fair to say? Uh, I believe so. <laughs> um, got recruited by uh, Coach Cleveland and Coach Rose, and um, unfortunately at the time, uh, my top two ended up being Stanford and Utah. But, um, At least BYU, pick Stanford. I did. <laughs> um, but, yeah, BYU has been a special place for a very long time, and I feel really, really fortunate to be here at this particular time uh, with this team and uh, great coaches. Uh, your background, uh, Midwest background, no? Uh, yeah, so I actually grew up in Europe, then Texas, and then went to high school in Missouri uh, in Liberty uh, where I played basketball there and had a great experience and um, then moved on to a mission in Brazil. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, went to Stanford. And on to Stanford. As for Coach Feger, uh, not your first time on a staff with Coach Pope, obviously. Yeah, no, this is our <laughs> seventh year together now. Yes. yes. Seven years, seventh year together. And I first got to know you when you got to BYU for your first stint a few years ago. You, yeah. came as, you came as the ops guy. Yeah, I came as the ops guy. I was here for two great years, uh, two NCAA tournament teams, and now I'm back. What did you see Coach Pope during those years that, that Cody was with us as the operations director that said he'd make a heck of a coach and I want him? Yeah, the question is what didn't I see? So, and this is really true. Uh, so I'm not very smart, but I am smart enough to know who is going to make me look really good. And um, we've had a lot of success over the last seven years. And, it, and it's, you know, I, 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 the day is going to come soon when Cody's going to go take a head job. And I'm dreading that day because he has made me look great. I'm not going to look as good when he's gone. He's a special, <laughs> special coach. And I knew it from having a chance to work with him at BYU. And I, I've told, I told Cody this, you know, uh, I, I don't know if I take that Utah Valley job unless I can convince him to go with me because I, knew, I, I know how good he is. And our players know how good he is. And our staff knows how good he is. He's, a, he's an extraordinary coach. 
So we're all a few days after the St. Mary's game-winning shot from TJ Howard. Now, TJ is going to see that shot a lot over the years to come, like you might see the Houston shot, too. And sometimes you get known for shots, and you got known for a shot. Do you get tired of seeing that shot from so many years ago that you did uh, made for Stanford? Not really. It gives me goosebumps every time, and I'm still glad that it goes in every time. <laughs> it was an amazing year for you guys. You ended up being the number one team in the country that year. Right? We did. Yeah, we finished the year at number one. Uh, we had a 30-game winning streak. Um, uh, lost to uh, the University of Washington, beat them uh, a few, uh, or about a week and a half later. But it was an amazing run. It was a special team. And it reminds me a lot, actually, of the team that we deal with uh, on a daily basis, uh, where the players are doing extraordinary things on the court, but off their court, right, they're hilarious. They've got their own things going on. Um, but we're able to be a, a, a real special part of that. Can we see the shot one more time? Is that okay if we do that? Yeah. Yes, okay. yes, yeah, yes I love this. <laughs> Seven seconds, here he comes. It's one-on-one to Roddick. Roddick stays. Almost there, and they've got it. Two seconds. Robinson at the buzzer. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I was seriously worried for you at the bottom of all this. Oh, I was worried for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> what a scene. What a And I, I mean, there might come a point where you're like, i got to get out of this alive here. Yeah, no, at uh, uh, my teammate, Matt Loddick, he dove right on top of me. And then the sixth man, right, there was somebody's neck right here, and there was elbows and arms. And uh, after about five seconds, it got really, really heavy. So, but we, so all, we all made it out alive. So they actually cut off right before that starts. They show Tiger Woods is right in the front row at Maples Pavilion. Yeah. He's sitting right courtside. Yeah. And I'm, I, I've watched it a hundred times. I'm pretty sure Tiger is at the bottom of that pile. I'm, I'm almost positive. It's hard. There's a lot of limbs everywhere. <laughs> before we get to Coach Vigar's coaching journey, let's run down yours, where you've been, because you've been a few places before uh, getting to BYU eventually. And uh, you're a Stanford player. You started off as a Stanford uh, coach, right? Yeah, I got an opportunity to be a director of operations for Trent Johnson and was an assistant coach. Uh, then went back to uh, Liberty, Missouri uh, under Larry Holly, um, and then rejoined Coach Johnson at LSU for three years, uh, which is where I met Coach Pope for the first time. Uh, and then was fortunate to be the head coach at Southern Utah for four years and uh, the past two years with Jim Hayford at Seattle. And Coach Fieger, even though you still look so young, somehow you've been coaching for a long, long time. Take us through your journey. Yeah, so I started at University of Utah. I know it's not up there, but started at University of Utah with That's Coach Jarris. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Then I was at Louisiana Tech for four years. Um, um, worked with Carl Malone for four years. Those were four great years. Then I uh, was at UC Riverside, Utah State with Coach Morrill, and then, yeah, here with Coach Rose at BYU, and then UBU, and now I'm back. And your Utah years were spent with Coach... What were your responsibilities at Utah? So I was the head manager, then I was, like, uh, the grad assistant slash, you know, video coordinator. I did did everything, but I spent 20... My first two years was 24-7 with Coach Majerus. Where you learn a lot. Learned a lot, yep, yeah. And, and you get stories for a, lot, for a, life, for a yes, lifetime, yes. right? Yes, I know you guys read a lot of those, <laughs> a lot of those uh, stories and those quotes, and they're all true. They're okay. all true. <laughs> Coach Pope, when you put a staff together, you had to figure out where to put everybody. Uh, and, and it's kind of, maybe not everyone knows the story about how you actually figured out who was going to work where in the annex. Yep. And, uh, and <laughs> you do it like, I guess, basketball guys do. You shoot for it. 
Well, it was it was really important to me. Is one of the four things that were important to me on the staff that I had to have players. Uh, I had guys that had been through the experience and knew it. And these three guys are all terrific players. And so there's one office in the in the annex. Only one office has windows to the outside world. <laughs> and so these guys are fighting for them. So I was, hey, just go shoot it. And so they did. They went and shot for it. Now somehow we're missing Coach Robinson here. Yeah, because Coach Figure and Coach Burgess are really smart. <laughs> and so. Coach Robinson was flying in. He actually hadn't got to campus yet, and they're like, we're going to shoot for it right now. So you took what you got when you got here, basically. I did. Yeah. Yep. I'm glad I'm in the building. <laughs> and, these guys, and these guys, they literally went nine for nine. They both went nine for nine, and then Coach Figure finally missed one to, to win it. But, uh, you know, it's one of, one of the great things about the staff is these guys are all really skilled and talented players and understand it from a player's perspective. Uh, figure uh, still hurt to see that miss there at the beginning. Yeah, that, yeah, that's really yeah, that, that's tough. But I played with dress <laughs> shoes and pants on, dress pants on. Nobody plays basketball like that. So, in a true environment, you're probably going to take it. No question. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, this team and this year. Maybe we'll get both your thoughts on what has happened through 24 games to get to 17 and seven. Well, I think the 24 games that really started with uh, last summer. Um, you know, all the hard work that our guys have put in throughout the summer and throughout the year, uh, going through double days, it's been amazing um, to see each of them grow individually, uh, to gain their confidence um, individually, especially at the offensive end. Uh, Coach Pope and Coach Fieger I mean, have learned so much as they've, you know, helped build one of the top offensive teams in the country. And to see our guys uh, gain some defensive confidence as well has been really good. Coach Fieger. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to reiterate everything Coach Robinson said here. Just our guys have, like since Coach Pope got here since day one, they've been relentless on everything he's telling them to do. They've been relentless at uh, 24-7, all day, every day, that they wanted to be in that gym. And that's why, like, Yoli wanted to come back, you know. And and uh, th- these guys are, you know, Jake's leadership, Alex Barcelo jumping in. I mean, all these guys have just been just getting better and better and growing, growing more and more together has been just special. Well, Cody, it's great to have you back, and Nick, it's great to have you here. Thanks for both coming in tonight. Thanks. Wait, Thank don't you. cut yet. i got to okay. do my <laughs> testimonial. Do I have time, Jaron? You're going to make time. I'm going to make go. time. I don't have time. Oh, i got time. <laughs> hey, let me tell you this. If you've seen our players grow, what you don't see is that they are literally in these guys' offices or with them on the court on a daily basis uh, you, you know, getting repped out in, in their analytical approach and their video approach and, and what they do. These guys recruit unbelievably well. The schemes they bring uh, to this team, like they're incredibly talented head co- uh, assistant coaches right now, soon to be head coaches. And so my only thought is while they're here, enjoy them because they're making a huge difference in this program. And I'm so grateful to have them. They're extraordinary. They're going to be there. They're both going to go crush it soon. Awesome. Thanks for that, Coach. Thanks. All right. Thank you all. As we go to break, here's this week's trivia question. Who is BYU's career points leader? The answer next. Stay with us. Trivia time. BYU's career points leader is, and the reason I ask this is because he set the record, Tyler Hawes, at Portland, where BYU plays here on Thursday night. All right. Every week at this point in the show, viewers everywhere begin to roll their eyes because it is time for the feature that won't go away. It is time to ask... What happened? All right. So we've, we've, we've gotten a pretty good sense that, uh, you know, Gavin Baxter's a, a pretty intense individual, uh, except when he's not. <laughs> Gavin Baxter just in his own little world somewhere. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. You know uh, Gab TJ. was thinking about. Gab was thinking about. It. He's on his way. He <laughs> might be on his way. Now this is what we call the old okie doke. He's done it a million times. It's still fun to see, isn't it? And then the step through up the up fake. How's that? So here's the thing. This is called the Brandon Davies. The only person mad about that is Tyler Hawes and TJ Hawes. <laughs> exactly. Could they do it as well? All right. Uh, the TJ Hawes a game winner is awesome and the way the bench reacts is equally awesome it's one of those hold me back moments and then tj with the legendary game face as he walks toward the rock on this one yeah he called game <laughs> then we have the hospital picture the next day he becomes a daddy we got, we're, we're making we're being careful right yes we are. we are being very careful Evan is masked up. Now, when we played Moraga, this was the shirt they gave out. Yes. And Yoli had some fun kind of putting it back at him on Saturday he, night. He had it in the locker room. He's like, Coach, can I go wear this out for media? And sure enough, there we go. <laughs> so Jake Toulson leaves the game in dire straits, but he says, ah, no, it's just a bathroom break. He superimposes his face on the Paul Pierce wheelchair shot and says with no big deal. Diehard Celtics fan. Yes, all indeed. Celtics all the way. All right. How about Kalani? Yeah. He already knew it was good before it was good. Yeah. He's got a good eye for this. Yeah. Coach Sataki is the best, man. He is best. the best. I love him. And then I mean, it was it was a big football night. We had uh, coaches Hadley and Guilford in the stands. Go, boys. Yeah. They got the pom-poms that were handed out before the game. Man, I got to get them better seats. Fairly. <laughs> and then this is what goes on. Yeah, this is a thing now. The, the stash club is growing. It's because you had the stash on the last <laughs> show. Now everybody's like, let's go. Then there's this dude here. It's just me taking laps. He was on 10-2 run. Since uh, he was down eight, now they're uh, tied up since I've been taking that, so I'm just going to keep walking. So that guy just kept walking because BYU did well without him in the stands, and so we appreciate him giving one up for the team there. Hey, we got to find out who that is. I need to know who that is. Guy that was Joe Wheat. Joe Wheat, Joe 27 Wheat. on Twitter. Good stuff. All right. Hey, we are, we've, hit the, we've hit the end of the show already. Great show tonight. Nicely thank, done. Thank you guys for being here. Seriously, thanks for supporting the boys. Appreciate it. All right, to get seats for next week's show, go to BYUCougars.com slash Pope Show. And for the coaches, Robinson and Fieger and Mark Pope, I'm Greg Rubel. We'll see you next Tuesday, 8 Eastern. This has been BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Go Cougs! Let's go!